Welcome to our podcast. My name is Winston Smith. I'm a faculty member and counselor here at CCF, and I'm joined today by my co-host Miriam Herzog, as well as Mike Emlett and Ed Welch, both faculty members and authors and counselors at the CCF. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Good to be here. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to be talking about a movie today, The uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which I bet most of you are familiar with. But let me let me set that up just a little bit, first of all, by explaining why we might even want to talk about a movie. Um, and really, it's very simple. Um, we want to be, as Christians, we want to be engaged with our culture. And this movie in particular um, doesn't just tell a fun and interesting story. This movie makes a statement about what is, what is mental illness about? How does change happen? How do we think about life? And, and as Christians and counselors, we really want to be involved in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping that talking about this movie with each other will help you think about how you might want to talk about this movie with friends and neighbors and family in a way that, that moves people towards a deeper understanding of Scripture and, uh, and of the Gospel. But also, uh, something else we ought to think about together is this is this is a pretty nitty, uh, pretty gritty um, movie. It's it's R-rated. It's got some very brief, I would say, kind of mild nudity in it. It's got some rough rough language and profanity in it. And I'm aware that some people would find watching this movie difficult. Um, it could wound their conscience. It could make them feel maybe even a bit defiled. Um, and so I, I want to say up front that that by talking about this, I'm not encouraging anybody to watch it if they think it would offend them or, or wound their conscience. Um, and, um, but at the same time, you know, I want us to be realistic about what the world is like. And I think it's a fair portrayal of what mm-hmm. brokenness looks like. And mm-hmm. it's, and if you can do it with a clear conscience and with uh, a motive of love and gospel engagement, I think we ought to do it together. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That's great. Yeah. So um, all four of us have seen the movie and thought about it, and we just want to start talking about it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me throw the conversation uh, out in the open here for everybody. Um, if I could just introduce maybe the first theme for us to think about. One of the things that struck me is... Winston, can, yeah. I, can I interrupt just for a Absolutely. second? Absolutely. Because uh, I fear that one of the important themes is not going to be mentioned. Okay. I'm the only person here who was actually born and raised in Philadelphia. Oh. So I fear that that Philadelphia will not get its due. Oh, it's it's due. <laughs> that was one of the delightful things about is, the film for me. It's just a wonderful Philadelphia film. And Robert De Niro was not OCD. Robert De Niro is just a wonderful... Classic. He's a normal Eagles fan. Eagles yeah. fan. Yeah, exactly. and, and, I, and I am not, I don't have his style of being an Eagles fan, but I'm very proud to and be You have to a little green on today, Adam. So, <laughs> so anyway, we, I mean, I, did, I, yeah. I, I feared you weren't even going to mention that I probably huge wouldn't thing. Have. But there was anyway, kind of an unfair, a, unfair conflation of being an Eagles fan and OCD. Being, being located yeah. here in Philadelphia. Yeah. It was a great Philadelphia movie. So. And actually, you're also reminding me that we ought to give like a little bit of a plot summary for folks and also kind of sound a spoiler spoiler alert at this point. Uh, we're going to be talking about the details of the movie. If you haven't seen it, um, there won't be many surprises left for you after this podcast. So basically, 
the plot is this: um, that Bradley Cooper is kind of the leading man of the of the uh, movie. His character's name is Pat Solitano. Jennifer Lawrence is sort of the leading lady in the movie. Um, her character is Tiffany Maxwell. And the basic story is Pat has been in a mental institution for eight months because he walked in on his wife um, uh, committing adultery in the shower with someone. And, and when he came upon that scene, he, he just kind of lost it and apparently beat this man um, to a pulp mm-hmm. and has wound up in this mental institution with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. So eight months later, he's um, released uh, with the understanding that he's going to be staying with his parents. And he's harboring this hope that he's going to be reconciled to his wife, uh, which sounds pretty unlikely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think there's any interest on her part that they're going to reconcile. In that context, he ends up meeting uh, Tiffany Maxwell, Jennifer Lawrence's character. And she's been through an awful trauma. Her husband was... um, killed in an automobile accident and she's you know really kind of lost it through that and um and kind of gone through some horrible things um so anyway they meet in that context of brokenness and the rest of the movie is the story of how they kind of grow and heal together through that and and all kinds of other fun and interesting things happen as well which we can get into as we kind of get into the into the discussion a bit further. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair, mm-hmm. a fair summary? Mm-hmm. Yep, yes, it is. So anyway, I guess um, other than the Eagles theme that Ed's pointed out, <laughs> the other thing, another prominent theme that we ought to explore is, is I think the movie is trying to is is inviting us to think about what even what is mental illness, how we think about mental illness. Um, uh, yeah, and and the ways that we tend to uh, kind of put people into categories that that aren't very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me that 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 that's one of the major themes of the movie. So I'm just curious, kind of, mm-hmm. what your some of your initial thoughts are about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll start us off now. I I, th- I agree with that. I think that is a that is a, a major theme, and it's one even that comes out uh, between uh, Pat and Tiffany as they're in the diner scene where they're in a sense there's this jostling who's the who's the crazier of the two so they're each actually doing the same thing you know putting each other in in categories and and what you see I think over the course of the film is that that many other people around them who may not carry a, a certain diagnosis mm-hmm. and there was no mention that Tiffany actually had a diagnosis I guess yeah. per se but those people around them are in many ways just as broken either they don't have any uh, any diagnosis and so there's a there's really a humanizing I think mm-hmm. that, that takes place over the over the course mm-hmm. of the movie yeah so like let, let's give some people some for instances so I think it's interesting, like, one of the things that comes out in the movie is he's been there eight months in this institution. No one went to go visit him. His yeah. best friend didn't go to visit him. I'm not sure that his dad went to go visit him. People did not go to see him, and they're apologizing for that Right. kind of throughout the movie. Then as you get to know these other characters, you can see they have significant problems themselves. So, mm-hmm. so for instance, his, his best friend, um, I've forgotten his best friend's name. He, uh, he Ronnie? Is it Ronnie? No, uh, I may not be right. 
Yes, it is Ronnie. It is Ronnie. You know, Ronnie kind of keeps on several times pulls pulls him to the side, pat to the side to describe how hard his own life is. And he talks about how he feels like he's suffocating, how he's being strangled because of work and all these pressures. How his marriage is is hard. And then he talks about how he goes out into the garage and listens to heavy metal music and breaks things. And Pat, the man... He feels a lot better afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And Pat, who's been institutionalized, is like, that's not good. This is kind of great. Change, yeah. yeah this, that, this, that was. This. I thought that was a very precious moment in yes. the movie where yeah. Ron just Ron. I was I was shocked by how they carried the stigmatization of mental illness into this movie. Here we yeah. are, this many years into history of mental illness, and mm-hmm. and everybody stigmatized this guy. He was mm-hmm. different than mm-hmm. everybody else except for Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie just oh my friend is back. That's right. And, That's right. And he embraces him and. Looks to him for counsel and yeah. <laughs> comfort in some yeah. way. So I, I thought yeah. that was a charming mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. And then there's the dad, right? Who's the Eagles fan, but but compulsively so. Mm-hmm. Uh, who seems to have OCD in the language of OCD? Well, it wasn't compulsively so. He said it. We'll come to your house thing. some Sunday and we'll see what you do. <laughs> um, and uh, another scene that stands out to me is how they they end up at this Eagles game. Um, Pat and uh, his brother and this whole crew of folks are at this Eagles game in the parking lot for kind of a tailgate party and it is a it is a picture of craziness of insanity if you especially if you're not an Eagles fan so I'm not trying to offend you Ed but you are offended but they I are appreciate like, you realizing I mean you offended. see the people with the, the the chanting and the and the the costumes and just the behavior it just looks it looks pretty crazy and lo and behold in the midst of that scene um, Pat's therapist, Dr. Patel, actually shows up at the tailgate party. Uh, anyway, I just think all across, throughout the movie, you just kind of see them expanding and challenging our understanding of what is normal, what's abnormal, what's, uh, what's uh, mental illness and what isn't. Even that scene where, you know, where he sees his, uh, his therapist or psychiatrist, I can't remember yeah. which he was, Break, it kind of breaks down those barriers because it wasn't uh, it wasn't awkward mm-hmm. for it was more awkward for Pat in terms of like I'm how am I supposed to relate to you and his <laughs> psychiatrist basically says I'm a fellow Eagles fan essentially right. and that's that's who that's who I am and right there there's some you know leveling of the playing field yeah yeah and you sense a deep care between the therapist and Pat even in the office mm-hmm. the way he talks to him. I found mm-hmm. was caring and, and human. Mm-hmm. Um, the category of mental illness, I'm sorry, Miriam, what are you no, saying? Yeah. The category of me- mental illness is still an operative category. They're mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're not right. bailing in that category right. in any means, but, but mm-hmm. it sounds like what you're saying, Winston. It, it becomes sort of the second way of seeing right. someone. Dr. Patel being a good example mm-hmm. of that. He, he, he just saw, mm-hmm. he, he saw the, you know, this bipolar person as... He saw as a, as a kindred in, yeah. in many ways, um, and it wasn't simply because they shared an interest yeah. in the Eagles, but he still certainly recognized this guy's bipolar, and and I think there was that kind of undercurrent, mental illness without the stigma. That's what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we uh, how do we engage with that as Christians or as biblical counselors? Do we do we like that? Do we not like that? What's our response? Well, I mean, I think I think an important response is we we never want to let a diagnosis obscure the person. 
you know, in front of us. And I think that's one of the things that that comes out through throughout the movie is that it's it's being in relationship with people and and dealing with the people in front of you and relating to them as fellow human beings is that that trumps any of these these categories. So I think you're right. Ed, they, they don't bail in the categories. Dr. Patel says to him, take, take your medications, you know. Um, <clears throat> but there's something more than that, something more fundamental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People don't reduce to a diagnosis. Right. It's not their identity. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're asking simply, do I like it or do I not like it, I like yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... To, to be able to recognize that somebody has a particular kind of problem, a particular kind of struggle, but, but to, to be inclusive in the midst of that and to be able to have relationships and to be able to be friends, genuine friends in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And isn't that part of, part of the, um, the freedom that the gospel gives us is that, that ultimately in Christ... There's this, there's, there is an invitation, a requirement that we meet him and each other in brokenness. Like you can't, you can't really come to Christ with clean hands, claiming to be the okay one. We, we mm-hmm. get to Christ by, by being willing to face our brokenness. And we all, we, and, and that's a community enterprise. The church mm-hmm. is a gathering, uh, a communion of, of the broken who are seeking restoration in Christ. And I, th- I think that maybe that kind of suggests the second theme in the movie, which is, all right, given this kind of brokenness, whether you want to call it mental illness or, or not, um, where do you go? What's the, what's the solution? And it seems to me that the movie's kind of pointing to relationships as, as a major active ingredient um, in, in where we need to go with that. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Winston, uh, maybe I'm making too big a deal out of this. Mm-hmm. Relationship and dancing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, really, relationship and dancing. There's a metaphor there for sure. Yeah. So it, it's, it, was, it was sort of both. I mean, dancing was a big part of it. It made me feel a little bit bad. Is my relationship with my wife somehow lacking because I'm not a good enough dancer? Um, I find that hard uh, to believe. But Bradley <laughs> Cooper can learn, so could you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I have taken dancing lessons with my wife for that very reason. But I mean, how how do you blend dancing into it? That seemed to be, you know, all these dancing shows. That uh, mm-hmm. seemed to be a certain mm-hmm. a certain part of it. I, well, I could be thinking about it. I could be overthinking this, but it seems to me like the dancing was about. It was about shared purpose. Mm-hmm. It was something that they were doing together. It was a shared goal. But it was it was also a way of deeply engaging with the stuff of life. You know, there was the sad music that was being played. There was the rejoicing music that was being played. Like dancing, I think, was kind of a metaphor for fully engaging and wholly engaging in life and not hiding from it. Uh, in fact, to me, for me, one of the powerful scenes in the movie was... When uh, Tiffany asks uh, Pat to to walk across the room towards mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. looking down at the ground and then looking up at her at the last minute as if he's looking at his wife. So she's trying to get him engaged in this exercise of connecting with his emotions. So he does it and he says, I didn't feel anything. And then she immediately begins, she tells him the story of how her own husband died uh, and how that impacted her. And... Uh, and she says, that's, that's a feeling. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's what, emotion. That's yeah. emotion. Mm-hmm. That's a feeling. I think dancing is is one way of of, of exploring and thinking about engage, fully engaging with life and emotions and relationship. And Ed, maybe it's just fun too. <laughs> maybe I could ruin dancing by by thinking about it too much. But uh, I don't know. That, that's what I. That's the way it struck me. I mean, but they had struck a deal, though. I think you know mm-hmm. because he has this letter he wants to get to his wife, mm-hmm. and she's going to get it right. to the wife in theory. Yeah. But the deal is, you have to dance with me, or mm-hmm. else she doesn't get the letter. Mm-hmm. So a for, that that's how it starts. Yeah. Right. That's not really right. He was, he all, was, he's coerced into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But and you, she says, yeah. actually, what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I'm always giving to everybody else, but who? What, you know, what, what are, you what are do they doing for me? And so that there's a beginning mm-hmm. of some yeah. level of sacrificial love going on there. Right. Like I'm right. going to do this for you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, just how that's, I think, one of the interesting things about what happens in, the, in their relationship is it starts out very transactionally. Um, right. And over time, it develops, obviously, into, into much more. Um, and, and it becomes about sacrificing for the other, becomes about loving uh, the other. And I think that's, that's one of the neat things that happens. And that's part of the, that's part of the matrix for the the growth and healing that takes place. Mm-hmm. It really is, as you said, Winston, it, the kind of relationships is the, you know, cocoon, you know, that in, in mm-hmm. which this growth happens. Mm-hmm. What do you make of uh, this whole theme of Excelsior that was <laughs> kept coming up? I did just, I am nerdy enough to have looked up the term Excelsior. I don't know if you did. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't. I just kept going back to you know the uh, the Camelot yeah, know, story. Caliber, so, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, oh, that, that's uh, right. I think that's Excalibur. Wow. So you just <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. But it, I didn't work it in there anyway. Tell us, Winston, because I didn't look it up either. So. Well, if if a Wikipedia be your guide, um, <laughs> apparently it's Latin for ever higher, or more loosely translated, right. onward and upward. Uh, right. Right. And of course, I think that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we, you got to reflect on the title a little bit, right? Silver Linings, Silver yeah. Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. He kind of Pat enters the movie with this philosophy of kind of a philosophy of, po- of positive thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work, if you think positive and you work hard, the good stuff's going to happen. And the whole movie, I think, is sort of about debunking that to a certain extent. But the good stuff happening, the silver lining is coming in a different kind of way. You do need to hang in there. You do need to do hard things, but it's not because you sit around and think good thoughts and and push away. And he doesn't get his wife back. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which was his goal. That was his whole goal. Yeah. So. Thank you, Winston. Yeah, I kind of just answered my own question. That's what I make of the Excelsior, Excelsior. Excelsior theme. Um, and. You know, not to ruin the fun, but let me keep asking the Bible question. Um, so what? So is is the world the world just as as eloquent as as, as you know as we can be or should be about this theme of relationship? Do, or do we have anything different to say about the place of relationship? Hmm. Yeah. Um, we were able to see things because of the scripture and the idea that the relationship heals. I mean, we, we see that and, and we, we value that and we see it hopefully in, in a much larger context. The, this is, this might be a too small issue, Winston, but, but the, there's, there's always something tragic to me as I, as I, as I hear a good movie, for example, here's a woman who, who it's fascinating to me that, that she was highly promiscuous, 
but they were saying promiscuity is unnatural. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and if there's promiscuity, it means something else has happened to a person, mm-hmm. and, which I thought was an interesting observation. And here's a woman who's just racked with guilt because of the way, you know, what was happening in their relationship when their husband died. And, and the relationship heals, sort of. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, cover, it doesn't cover this guilt that she's struggling with. And here's, mm-hmm. here's a guy who talks about self-loathing and guilt and shame. And, and the relationship heals, sort so, of, okay? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, but you, you, you just, it, you, even, even they put out these themes that were ultimately left dangling because mm-hmm. the relation, mm-hmm. we, we know the relationship doesn't heal those things. Mm-hmm. And, and so what you do, you go with this brokenness, you live with this guilt and this shame and this self-loathing, mm-hmm. but the relationship makes it better in some way. So as a Christian, you, you, you see those themes yeah. and you say, oh boy, that's, yeah. they're, you know, the fact that they're aware of those themes, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're delighted with it. And, mm-hmm. and we're also just amazed that we have actually places we can go with them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it strikes me that kind of the, the sort of the, the pinnacle, the only pinnacle that they can point to is uh, there's, and, and there's nothing more transcendent, really, than human love, uh, than marital love. It mm-hmm. may, maybe not not erotic love per se, but but romantic love. And yeah, and I agree. In, in the best sense. Yeah, in, in, in a good sense. sense. Yeah. yeah, in a good sense. And we want to affirm like the, the friendship and the yeah. romance that yeah develop over time. But you're right. It's kind of like the best you can hope for if you're just going to look at life with a horizontal kind of gaze no, no, mm-hmm. nothing really transcendent no no godward element is uh you end up with a fellow traveler mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that sticks with you that you right. can say you're in love with mm-hmm. which is a wonderful thing mm-hmm. um because god made marriage to be a wonderful thing but it's not it's not inherently mm-hmm. <laughs> transcendent you're like you're saying it, it can't it can't finish the job yeah. and i think too the relationships in the movie have a lot of trickery and deception oh yeah um so that mm-hmm, is something mm-hmm. that I think, you know, even the father and his obsession mm-hmm. with getting his son to participate so that the to be the love charm, win, to I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, right. And, and, yeah. yeah, just the way that the trickery, you know, Tiffany lies to him, telling the wife will be there at the dance and right. will we, and gets the family on board right, to also lie. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of deception, which there's I think... a lot we, of manipulation. We, yeah, yeah, manipulation. And, and I think yeah. we see that, that our gospel relationships are not neat and tidy. Our, our relationships are not neat or tidy, yeah. but they can be with integrity. You know, we yeah. can have honesty. We don't mm-hmm. have to lie and deceive. Yeah. And you see a whole family system that's dominated by... Human control, right? Yeah. Right. Self-interest too, you know. And I think one other thing that that in terms of that's different from a, you know, from a biblical perspective. So even the title, you know, silver linings. What it, you know, what it connotes is life is really bad, but there's there's some there's some little hope here. There's a silver lining in the cloud, but really, I mean, the gospel turns that turns that on its head. It's really it's the inverse, you know, it's mm-hmm. God has acted on behalf of his people. That's the good news. And it's great good news. We experience, you know, in this, in this time before we, we meet Jesus, before he returns a lot of clouds, but that's, that's the aberration. That's what's going to ultimately be, be cleared. And so it, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, 
the movie that's the best that you can get is a, is a silver lining and a cloud for mm-hmm. for us as believers it is it is really the the, the reverse because this this is ha- because Jesus has done this this is what our hope is this is there's redemption now mm-hmm. and it's a down payment on a promise that's there's always more to come in the midst of ongoing brokenness yeah. and issues yeah. of sin yeah well I think that's actually a great place to wrap things up and to end so thanks so much guys for coming in thanks Winston what's the next movie <laughs> <laughs>